morning. Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. We're in Proverbs 17, looking at verse 5 and 6 this morning. So let's say a prayer and get started. Father, thank you for this morning. Be glorified as we study your word. Um, teach us something new today, God. Help us to see you more clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's look at scripture. Verse 5. If I can get to it. It's not switching to it. Hold on one second. Should be. I don't know why it's not switching to it. Well, I'm just going to do the devotion anyway. I can't get it to switch over to the to the other page. Um, so verse 5 says, Whoever mocks the poor insults his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Now, this verse, there's two, there's really two things to bring up in this verse, uh, two, two different aspects. So the first one here, it says, whoever mocks the poor insults his maker. In uh, Leviticus, there was a law put into place that farmers had to leave the corners of a field unharvested for the purpose that the poor could come and harvest and take that grain or whatever food it was and in order to um, take care of themselves and to provide for them. And so God has a special place in his heart for the poor, those who are truly poor, those who, who are without food, without clothing, necessities, okay? I'm not talking about someone has less money than someone else. That's, that's different. That's not poor. That just means you can't buy that one thing that that other person can buy. Yet you, you have all that you could ever eat, um, ever want to eat, and you've got shelter, you've got warmth, you've got clothing and everything, okay? There's a difference there. There's, there's poor, and then there's just people who don't have as much as someone else. So it's talking about the literal poor, the people who can't, don't even have enough food to eat. Um, now, there's a second aspect to this verse, and I want to spend a little bit more time on it. It says, he who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Now, this makes me think about um, a Facebook post I saw uh, probably a week or two ago. And it was a post about um, a pedophile who had been caught and was facing justice. And he was you know, they, they were talking about his, his prison sentence and, and the case and everything that was going through. And the attitudes of a lot of people, um, especially those who claim to be Christians that in that post and their attitude towards it was, was very unsettling to me. Although what this man had done and the, what he had done to children is absolutely reprehensible and he deserves punishment. Justice must be served. And I agree wholeheartedly. To take pleasure in the suffering and punishment, even of suffering and punishment that is deserved, is what this verse is talking about. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. It's, it's very heinous, sinful, hateful, ungodly attitude to take pleasure and top, find happiness and joy in the suffering and pain of anyone, regardless of what that person has done. Now, I agree, we should desire justice to be given. I'm not saying that this person should be set free and that he should, he should not be held accountable for 
his wrong actions. Okay, he absolutely should. But our attitudes, we should not find joy in someone else's suffering. And I've even heard Christians, claimed Christians, um, make statements such as, well, he deserves to go to hell, and I hope he burns there. I've heard that statement before. That is not, any, that is not a statement that should come out of the mouth of a Christian. We should never be happy and excited that anyone, regardless of what that person has done, will spend eternity in hell. It should break our hearts. And that's also a sign that we're out of tune with understanding sin in general. To think that that person's done something that merits hell and there's no reason they should ever be allowed to be forgiven shows arrogance, shows a condescending, stuck-up, self-righteous attitude that is out of touch with your own sin in your own life that you've been forgiven for. So we need to think about that. God does not take pleasure um, in the pain and the suffering of other people. We should not as well, even if it is punishment that is deserved. Okay, And that's something we always need to remember. We should strive for justice. We should desire justice. But we should never take joy in another person's suffering. Okay, verse 6 really changes the tune here. Verse 6 really changes things up from what we just talked about, okay? Verse 6 says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children is their fathers. So here we have another verse of many verses that talks about how precious children are. And even taking a step further and how precious grandchildren are. And uh, we, we learned way, way on back. Uh, let me look here. I got the verse. Uh, we learned way on back in uh, Psalms, or Psalm 127, 3 through 5. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. The Bible makes it very clear that having children is an absolute blessing and something that we should cherish and something that we should value. Now, the Bible tells us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and not lay up our treasures on earth, right? But if there is any treasure worth having on earth, it's having children. That, that kind of trumps everything else because your children are people <laughs> and they have a soul. And not only that, but you impact them and they carry on your, your heritage of love for the Lord once you're gone. And you have a responsibility to teach your children that. They are the future. They are the future. And in ancient times, having large families is well-respected and valued above any other material thing. And we, I feel like in our age and time and in our culture, we've kind of lost that a little bit. Um, people who have more than, say, two or three kids are, in a way, kind of frowned upon. They're, they're mocked for having so many kids. It's considered irresponsible, even though we're like the richest country in the world. Yeah, I got five kids. I may not be able to buy all the things that you can buy, but I would much rather have my five children than have a nicer car or a bigger house or a boat or whatever else, all the different clothes that you might could buy. That's not what's going to make me happy. I see way more value in having children and pouring my life and my finances into them to make them 
people who can contribute to the world and make a difference because they're going to continue on after I'm gone. All that material stuff, it's just going to be sold off to somebody else. No one's going to know who had it. It's not going to leave any heritage or memory like children will. Not only that, but they carry on the heritage of the Lord that I have taught them. One day they will have children and that will pass on to them and then on to the next generation. And in a way, it's, it's eternal. And so children are, are a true blessing. They are a true gift. And they, they, have, um, they carry something so important by, by carrying on the heritage that we give them that nothing else can do. And uh, it's just, it cannot be stressed enough. But in our world, we, we take pride in, in murdering unborn babies and millions and millions and millions of children who have never come into this world just because people thought they were too much of a burden, didn't want them, didn't even want to pass them off to someone else to raise them. And it's sad and it's painful to see that when the Bible holds children in such a high regard as we should. We should cherish them. They are precious. They are the future. And they are a crown to the aged. That's why we named Atara, Atara. That's what her name means. It's, it's where we get the word tiara from, a little crown that a princess will wear. That's what her name means. It means crown. It means blessing. And that's the reason we named her that, is because she is a crown upon our family. She is, is the, the pinnacle, the symbol of how God has blessed us with five children. And so that's why we call her that. We call her our crown, a Torah. And that's to point everyone to scripture like this. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. And the glory of children is their fathers. And so it's so important, family and children and that we have them, and that we raise them, and we cherish them. All right, some good stuff this morning. Some good reminders for us in Scripture here, and how we need to live our life, and how we need to treat others, and how we need to view um, the evil of this world, and the sin, and punishment, and justice, and also how we need to view children. All right, thank you for joining me. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Remember, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God is working for you, not against you. Take care. I will see you again tomorrow. Bye.